Welcome to Mayak Innovatsi, the podcast dedicated to innovation from Ukraine to the world. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Mayak Innovatsi, Ukrainian Peach. This is Dominique Piotet, and uh, I'm, I'm super happy today because I have a good friend, my guest, and we are going to talk about education, education in Ukraine. Zoya Lidvin. So, Zoya, you're doing tons of things. You're the founder of uh, Osvitoria, which is a very important uh, hub around education, a nonprofit uh, that you created many years ago in Ukraine, but you're also the founder of a school, well, of several schools. You've been a TED speaker. You have recreated or you have imported in Ukraine uh, the amazing Global Teacher Prize. And actually, I remember going to an amazing event. It was so cool in, in the opera. I, I loved it. Um, I mean, anyway, you, you, you are deep into education. Um, and I, I really want to start by, by just asking you a very simple question. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Not as good as I used to be before the war, but um, we need to understand its situation. It is like this at the moment. And uh, it actually helps me a lot to support my mental health, to know that I keep doing something useful mm-hmm. and it helps to someone. So... I am much better than some people that don't have this possibility, unfortunately. Let's talk about education in general in Ukraine. How, what is the situation? I mean, a lot of schools have been damaged, destroyed. Do you have any numbers, idea of kids have been displaced? Uh, do we have any idea of what's, what's going on? So these statistics is rapidly changing. There are some uh, numbers I can tell you, but mm-hmm. uh, I think that even government doesn't know all the important data at the moment because, of, because the war still goes on. For the year and a half, our kids haven't had a proper education because no one was ready in February. Then uh, yes. previous school year, one third of schools, they couldn't work at all because they were too close to the front line or they had no bomb shelters and uh, learning process is not allowed now there if they don't have these uh, security facilities. And only one third of our Ukrainian schools were working face-to-face, provided in physical education. This school year, government does everything so that uh, all our schools would start face-to-face learning and actually also the universities. We have a lot of uh, internally displaced children, around 1 million, according to the government statistics. 1 and a million. Lot of them are uh, abroad, even more. Not only school learners, but uh, every child up to 18 years old. And another digit that we are uh, quite uh, aware of and... Uh, It's uh, children that were uh, forced to leave and uh, they are like kidnapped by Russia and uh, we have around 30,000 of them. Uh, Government managed to bring first 36 of them back to Ukraine recently using their memories on uh, filtration camps, the process they went on. The educational methods, you can't call it educational methods, Russian people applied to them, trying to re-educate them. So actually, after those uh, 36 kids, their memories and uh, their experiences as witnesses, 
it was uh, the main evidence to make uh, Hague uh, International Court to issue the documents against Putin and his team responsible mm -hmm. for children. In terms of schools, we have around 1,000 schools completely destroyed, around 2,000 partially damaged. But I'm happy to tell you that uh, some construction goes on and mm -hmm. uh, this number of uh, damaged schools is decreasing every month okay. and uh, some of them will even start their work this first of september and and what about the teachers uh because we speak about a lot about the the children but i know a lot of your work is also focused on the teachers how, how can we help them work with them around thirty-five thousand of teachers they are externally displaced but uh, a lot of them they work with ukrainian children they just try to do mm -hmm. it online being safe at the same time i would say that the biggest pain for Ukrainian teachers at the moment is education. The context of teaching is so different now. Two issues are the most challenging for them. It's the mental health of their children, of their colleagues. Sometimes they have to take care about mental health of parents of their children. And mm -hmm. it's not something they learned in uh, pedagogical universities in Ukraine. They have no idea how to deal with this and how to support themselves even when you are given your lesson from a bomb shelter. And it's difficult, but they are trying their best. They're searching for the tools, for methodologies, and they have, they're very thankful for every opportunity like this. And uh, the second challenge is, of course, uh, digital learning, because we learned a lot during the COVID pandemics. Now in Ukraine, we say thanks to COVID, because mm -hmm. it prepared us to work much better. But still, you can't teach a child for a whole year remotely if you don't make it interactive, if you don't make it uh, supportive, if you don't give emotions uh, through online. And that's what they need to learn. But I would say that this issue is much better for them than mental health of their families. And the third challenge, we have many, many students coming back from different countries. They couldn't stay for so long far away from home. And uh, the level of the child in a classroom is very different because someone mm. is coming back from Spain and they had amazing English and Spanish, but the math curriculum is year behind Ukrainian curriculum. Someone is uh, arriving from a front line where family managed to escape and they haven't had school education for a year and a half at all. And now teachers will have all those kids in the same classroom and uh, they also need some tools and methodologies how to help everyone grow. Yeah, for sure. This is going to be a huge challenge. What have you been focusing on specifically and with uh, Osvitoria? I mean, what, what have been your main priorities? They're also different comparing mm. to normal time before the war. And I would say that now we're focusing on three main areas. First is providing access to quality education to all Ukrainian children. Second one is uh, supporting Ukrainian teachers with all those tools on overcoming the learning loss, on supporting mental health of themselves as a teachers and young learners in their classrooms. And the third one, we are the leading NGO that works with government in Ukraine. Mm -hmm. So we continue our support to government. And for example, now we are leading a huge working group that is uh, about to 
create some changes for a school sector in Ukraine. I'm very happy to know that government puts education on the second place after national security. And despite the war, despite the terrible situation that we have, government will invest fundings in education, in bringing up teacher salaries, in a very right steps into our direction to the European Union and the Western yeah. world. And how is your school doing? Have you been able to, to reopen and the kids have been coming back? And how does the school work? It works. It means so much for me, for my team, for all those uh, kids and families that go to school. They know whatever happens, at least there's one place where they feel safe. Uh, parents can continue their important job, work. Mm -hmm. Most of them are involved into bringing Ukraine closer to the victory. It's so nice to do it when you know that your kids are safe and they are continue their learning and they have friends around and amazing teachers they love. First uh, three months of war since February, We were working online and from the 1st of September 22nd, they came mm -hmm. back to classrooms and we reopened. We have less kids when we usually have because still half of our families, they are externally displaced. But we have many new students and I would say that almost 40% of uh, our students this year They are internally displaced from cities like Odessa, Kharkiv, Dnipro, those who are damaged by Russians mm -hmm. much more comparing to Kiev. Kids know how to go to bomb shelter. It takes them three minutes, 20 seconds. It's the absolute maximum and they're all wow. there. And first missiles, they hit Kiev after four minutes. So yeah, and in three minutes, they all there. And they got used to it because they appreciate so much continuing their education, being close to their friends, mm -hmm. to their teachers. I feel that it's now much more than just education. It's mental health, it's uh, empathy, it's support. And I'm proud of this. You, you talk a lot about mental health, actually. And I, and I was in Viv and Kiev, and I will be back in Kiev at the end of the month. And I really feel that people are really tired. It's exhausting. This is not life. And this is not something we, we know how to deal with. Like, this is, this is not normal. What can we do to help people with mental health? I mean, are there any programs? Is the government involved? And Definitely. You are right. And, uh, you know, we all hoped that war is going to be over much sooner than it is. Mm -hmm. First month, we were all focused on helping others, helping others. And uh, it was uh, very empowering. And it's something yes. that helped us to focus on it and not to think, oh my God, what is going on with my life when it, when it is about to stop? This avoiding the reality, it can help you for a few months, eight months. But uh, when it's over than a year, it doesn't work. You need to face the reality. You need to think about uh, a strategy. It was all about agile management. And now you mm -hmm. understand that this chaos and death and everything is a new normal for a certain period of time. And you need to find some other tools to protect your mental health than just uh, helping others and being focused on volunteering and etc. So the same happened to us with teachers. We were providing tools on young learners, 
neuroscience of uh, stressed post-traumatic growth, etc., to teachers and parents. And then we realized that it actually doesn't work so good if parents and teachers are so stressed and they don't know how to help themselves. And uh, I remember this metaphor uh, about the flight. So when turbulence comes and uh, it's serious, there's a mask coming. And Mm -hmm. they always explain you. First, you need to put one mask on you. And only then you help your child. It's now part of our strategy. We provide a lot of tools for teachers on mental health. Last week, we launched a marathon with a great uh, psychologist. And she explains them about your resources, how you can uh, fulfill your resources, where you get energy from. Mm -hmm. Every day, she offers them a certain practice, a new idea and uh, it's really helpful and our goal to create a habit in 21 days so i hope it works and many many issues like that just now people understand no in order to help others in order to help children we need to take care about our mental health about our own energy and well-being and i'm happy that ukrainians now understand it so let's try to now project ourselves in the a little bit in the future. Okay, we're dealing with the situation, but there will be a future. And the future is is going to be Ukraine will win this war. Well, actually, I do think that Ukraine has already won the war. It's just, it's just taking a lot of time to materialize. So, You're right. We're all sure about it. Well, yeah, of course, of course. And I think the facts are here. I mean, it's like Russia lost. They were thinking of doing it in three days and we are a year and a half after and it's and they've made almost zero progress what is your dream for after uh how are we going to rebuild the education system do you dream of coming back to what was before or dreaming of something completely different what are we going to rebuild i would say after all the things uh, we survived as a nation we have to make it much better than it uh, used to be before the war and even now Mm -hmm. if some of my partners or different country governments, they they start rebuilding schools. I explain them, no, you can't just rebuild. You need to make it much better. And let's make some showcases. Uh, And my personal dream as an educator that uh, in a decade of years, Ukraine will be an educational super country and uh, we will have something to bring to the world and uh, show some new models of education. I would say that many Ukrainian teachers, they are the absolute masters of digital learning and Mm -hmm. uh, making it in the most effective way of digital learning. And the same with schools. And um, I mentioned to you, I'm very happy that our government also understand it. And from this uh, September, they will start investing in teachers and schools more, as much more as they can during the war. And they also have this focus. And um, now we all understand Ukraine learned many, many important lessons. We will have to share those lessons with the rest of the world so that uh, other countries, other nations would know these important things without going through war. And the mm-hmm. same is in education, for sure. What, what help do you need? What, what is the most important help you can get from people who are listening to us? Or is it more funding? 
to support your project? Is it more connection? Is it more or a, a little bit of all of that? What 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 really do you do you need to make a, an even bigger impact? Of course, a little bit of everything. Despite I'm an educator, I would say that it's so crucial to support Ukrainian army because we all want our brothers back, our sisters back. We want them to have a normal quality of life and better protected they are. Yes, body armor and all other stuff. The families are much more safe and uh, happy. So yeah. we want them all to come back safe, not injured, etc. And if we speak about an education, then uh, goal number one and the pain number one is expertise. So it's more about connections. It's more about uh, expertise in uh, this learning loss or expertise in uh, mental health. That's the biggest challenge. And uh, Ukrainians are very thankful when leading world experts come and uh, give a masterclass to them how they might be better teachers in terms of supporting well-being of uh, their students and they can learn it from the best specialist on the planet. And of course, the next one is uh, funding because uh, if you ask Ministry of Education, still the biggest issue for Ukraine is digital devices and still too mm. many young learners, they can't access online education because they have only one... Uh, smartphone for a family or the teacher of that rural school he or she doesn't have a laptop or access to internet etc if we so, provide gadgets they could benefit much more in terms of education in terms of experts i mean you've been traveling the world not 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 just now but you've been doing that forever what are the models in the world that inspire you a few countries that you're like, oh, I wish we could do this like them or do that like them. I'm very inspired by Canada and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, their system of education is so great and so homogeneous that uh, private schools, they don't exist there at all because people don't know why they should even pay for a private school if every government school would be amazing, it would provide the same level of the quality and teacher in a small village with 2,000 population has equally amazing education comparing to the teacher in the financial center of Toronto City. The context of Canada is quite different comparing to Ukraine, but I learn a lot from them because, you know, their education is good for every nation that they have in Canada. I'm also quite inspired with Finland, and we all heard about Finnish educational miracle. But mm -hmm. uh, their model is very inspiring. It's just not so relevant for Ukraine because 97% of Finland population, they're ethnical uh, national people. And mm -hmm. uh, their mentality is quite different comparing to Ukraine, but still the level of freedom they have is amazing and um, I believe that uh, we also will adopt many of those know-hows from them. I am also very inspired by Estonia and Lithuania and I think their example is very relevant for Ukraine and uh, for the last five years Estonia is actually number one country in the world mm -hmm. in terms of uh, school system and uh, education 
And it inspires me because we share same past. Estonia was a part of USSR, the same as Lithuania. And uh, it means that everything is possible. And Ukraine also have all the cha- cha- chances to be educational super country. And that's what we are going to do. Very true. One very last question. What do you hope for? I hope that all the projects that me and my team are now working on will be very helpful. They will minimize educational loss for Ukrainian children uh, in the end of the war. And when we win, we will be very proud of ourselves. I hope that uh, this uh, absolute lowest point, the lowest possible point, will be the end of uh, our struggles. And we will finally start our path upwards. Mm -hmm. And uh, I actually see that we are now on that path. And we will continue working towards that bright future. And... I frankly speaking hope that uh, <laughs> after maybe a week or two after our victory, I'll have a long vacation with my kids, yes. no work at all. And then I'll, I'll have a huge party to celebrate the victory. And you are already invited because we all yes. will have, will need <coughs> to celebrate. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I can't wait for that. So yeah, it was really a pleasure to have you uh, on the show. Thank you for for this conversation. I really enjoyed it. Well, I can't wait to see you very soon. Thank you for standing with Ukraine. Thank you for inspiring conversation. And see you soon. Maya Kinovac.